make money money is good money is sweet all the gist around uh, females like money too much i agree i'm a female i like money it's not just about spending it it's about making it like making mm. money gives me joy so today i have one of my friends on the seat and we're talking about money i decided to have the discussion with this particular friend because she's someone i feel safe to talk about money with because i mean i guess for many of us we are not new to the shame and the judgment that comes with talking about money how you make money how much you earn how you spend it and then we go on to talk about the expectations how we deal with the expectations as someone who is financially independent and not just financially independent but a woman who is financially independent and maybe the primary provider in their family i mean coming from the third world as well there are so many dynamics and factors that come into play when you are financially earning so these are some of the things we talk about and then we lay it bare i think one thing you would like about this episode is that it's more of a talk therapy we just talk we just express our concerns share our perspectives our money philosophies and how we manage money as regular people living well regular lives and how we navigate that financially so yeah i hope you enjoy it Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Rita Chukriki. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. Hello, Ima. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged. Thank you, Rita. It's nice to be here, here again. Exactly. Again. <laughs> welcome 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 and today we are talking about money and i find that this topic is something that can be very touchy uncomfortable has a lot of shame in fact a lot of emotions go with money money is that thing that ends friendship that thing that causes wahala that brings division between blood even but let's talk about it let's unpack and be free to talk about money I know you already know that this is a safe space. So, yeah, let's do this. Okay, sure. Bring it on. I like to talk about money, actually. So, yeah, bring it on. Exactly. You know, and you're one of my friends that I'm comfortable talking about money with because <laughs> bad as it bad. You know, go past say I broke and don't get money. Uh-huh. And so, exactly. <laughs> but I know it's more than that. It's also about the relationship we've created over time to yeah. feel that safe to talk about money. I think it's also about how we um, perceive money. Um, if we let money define who we are or not. If, if we define ourselves by having money, then when you're broke, you feel less than. Yeah, you feel less and worthless. Yeah, I get that. So what's your relationship with money? Hmm. Nice one. I think I like to see money as a friend. I like to see money as something that helps me do things that I want to do. Um, And I think it comes and goes. I generally 
Okay, so while I save and invest, I tend not to hold on to money too tightly. It can be painful mm -hmm. when you don't have it, when you need to spend it. But I think I've gotten comfortable with the ebbs and flows of moments when you have a lot of money and moments when you don't. And I've learned to adjust my hopes and expectations accordingly. Even mm. though I still feel <laughs> severe pain sometimes mm. when I don't have money. So, yeah, I hear you on that. For me, over the years, I've had this um, anxiety with money. And I played so well with tying my identity with money because there was a time I felt that if I wasn't doing the stuff I needed to do with money, then what is my life, you know? And the, the line can really be very thin between tying your self-worth with the amount of money you make or your ability to make money and the relationship you have with money, like the genuine relationship you have with money. Because sometimes, especially when you come from a society or an environment that requires you to be either a provider or solving a need or meeting the needs of other people in your life through money, it's kind of hard to separate it from your sense of self and sense of worth, you know. And I guess that's why we are so antagonistic towards black tax if you're from the third world, especially from Nigeria, because the issue of black tax is something that just, <laughs> it just gives you headache, stress, because you're yet to figure out yourself you're yet to try to make something out of your life but you have responsibilities that need money glaring at you you know so sometimes you have to make that decision between who you are what you want to do for yourself or your desires and choosing to meet needs you know for me it used to be anxiety because of some of these factors that i have mentioned but over the years and up till now, I think I've come to that place where I'm not going to kill myself. <laughs> That's where I am mentally. Like, sure. I tell myself, okay, so what I able to do now with what you're making and what's priority now? How do you now spend this money to meet priorities? Even at that, it can be quite tough, but it's also about letting of that expectation and not feeling bad when you're not able to do everything because i think at some point you just want to do everything and then when you now do everything with all you have you will be left with nothing and then you feel like you're not doing enough and you need to do more or you need to chase more money or you need to make more money and all of that yeah i can totally relate with the anxiety of um, having so much to do with money and not having enough money to do it with. It can really be an overwhelming situation, especially when you're dealing with, especially when you have people who, who you're quote-unquote responsible for and who rely on you for their survival. Um, mm. It can be, a, in the last few years of my life, I've, I, I used to be the primary caretaker of my parents, and then it became my mom. And... I used to feel this intense anxiety when I don't have money in my account because I'm like, oh God, please don't let them call me for drugs or don't let them call me to say that anything has happened or this has finished in the house. 
But um, I, some of the ways I learned to cope was one, like you mentioned, do the one you can and leave the rest. That's one. And then two, um, so I was deliberate about my budgets. With uh, every month, I would I would budget certain things. So I tried to come up with um, a budget of what I what I need for myself versus what they need for themselves. Um, they, in this instance, being my mom and her caregivers, um, she had a plethora of them. Um, sometimes it meant that I would sacrifice certain things because their cost was higher. Classic example is um, sometimes I would need to forego things that for me were necessities, but to other people would look like um, frivolities. My spa sessions, for one, mm. I, 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 I work really hard, so that's my one way of distressing. The other thing I did was that in addition to my main job, I took on other roles side gig here and there now as much as possible if you can possibly get one job that pays you really well i would recommend i would recommend that because i wasn't resting as much as i should have been and i eventually burnt out so while i know that sometimes it's difficult mm. to just do one thing because you need the money and i'm happy that i did it then um, in retrospect, I'm glad I, I have no regrets. It's not something I would regularly recommend to other people. Um, even if it means building your skills and going for, eventually going into rules that pay you better so you can just do one thing while you save and while you make sure you're saving, I think that might be a better option to manage money compared to um, doing multiple things can be a lot to deal with. I know that's not always easy, considering our clients yeah. and how expensive things I've got in the recent past. But it's a lesson I learned. Right now, I know my money needs have reduced and I've kind of stuck to one job. But even then, I guess because I've spent so much time doing so much and working multiple jobs, it kind of feels weird to have just one job. And at the back of my mind, I keep saying, oh, what if I lose, what if I lose this one? What happens? So yeah, low key the anxiety is still there mm. for um, putting systems in place to make sure that mm. I'm able to, to the best of my ability, manage it. Building my emergency fund, for instance, is one thing I'm really focused on right now. Yeah. Before we even get to the emergency funds, because we'll get to that point, right? I think something I want us to unpack more is the experience that comes with being not just the primary provider in your family, but an independent, financially independent woman in your family. Because while you were talking, a lot of things were crossing my mind, a lot of things that I may not express to either my parents or my sibling because when I think about it, I'm like, am I telling them for what, you know? But these things are poking me on the shoulder, like, babe, you need to do something about it. For instance, when you were talking about, you know, the things you do for yourself, compromising and sacrificing, I think a lot of us struggle with finding a balance with that because the needs are always endless. It keeps coming, you know, and sometimes... When you budget 
You know, you say you budget. When you budget, you know all those emergency phone calls, all those I beg now. Hey, God, do this thing has happened. You know, you find yourself even saving and keeping money that you would have used for something else. Like there was a time my mom asked me one day, Ne, I hope you're taking care of yourself in all of this. And I had to be honest with her. I told her, Mom, I'm not doing anything. No. Um, it's not the hair that my mates are buying, that I'm buying, or perfume, or bag, or clothes, you know. I don't spend money on luxury items, even though they are not my thing per se. But these are like some things that when you think about a woman making money, you think, ah, she's supposed to have this and that. But I can't say that I take care of myself in a way that is commensurate to the money I am making. And it is because of the needs and seeing myself as somebody that is financially responsible for certain things, you know, as the firstborn child and not just the firstborn child, but the, 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 the one that is financially independent at the moment and kind of financially stable to take care of those needs, you know, and those subtle expectations that are not really voiced you know in your mind that you have to meet these needs and you can't fold your hand and be looking when things are just going the way they are going in the in the house or in the family so the pressure and the total neglect that comes with just being that default fallback or default dependent you know makes you totally neglect yourself neglect your needs and you're you're constantly in that cycle of even when you're making more money, you're just making to provide, to solve needs, and you're totally out of the equation. That's a lot to deal with and unpack, actually. But um, a few thoughts. On one hand, yes, there are subtle expectations. <laughs> On the yeah, other hand, yeah. we, we do realize that um, it's not just about the expectations. It's in some ways also about us and wanting to feel financially responsible and also responsible and be seen as responsible people in our family. Maybe not be seen, but um, just be responsible. Because it's, it's sometimes not just about having the money or being financially independent. I've had cases, okay, I'm going to use my family and as, an, as an example. I we had instances where people who could afford to were not supporting and then the question would be well these people are also financially independent why are they not mm. so i think in some ways also about us as individuals feeling that we had that responsibility um maybe it's um socialization maybe it's what we were called um, what we had seen growing up i don't know what it is but mm. it could also be a female thing and a first daughter thing. It could also have been that factor. Because I've seen instances where people would rather run off and buy all those things that are supposed to be the trappings of a financially independent woman, aka Bone Street, uh, iPhone 14, <laughs> and really not care who whose needs are not met as far as theirs are met. So it could also be a factor of us. That's one. The second thing is, yes, sometimes it does mean that we would ignore ourselves because we need to look after other people. 
but we need to come to a place where we realize that we cannot pour from an empty cup and this is me speaking from experience um all the periods of not looking after myself because other people were the priority led me to a place that even i wouldn't have imagined me being and i never wish anyone else to be so now i am a very huge advocate of fill your cup first you might not always be able to fill your cup with things that cost so much money but please budget for yourself please i beg you the other thing to also consider is you know all those emergency calls oh please give me this please give me that one way i tried to manage it was that i had a budget for okay apart from the regular because there were some recurrent costs i knew every month this had to go um mm. so those recurrent costs i had and then i had another cost for emergency taxes or emergency black tax and i told myself that once that is done i don't have it again and i was deliberate about making sure that that happened by making sure the money was not in my account so wait um, wait as let I, me ask you how much do you yeah. budget emergency black tax let it make it sense depends too. it depends on it depends on on what i could afford at the time so initially my emergency black tax was 20 20 000 and then when i started earning a little bit more because i was doing some things on the side it grew up to mm. 50 and then 70. but this was apart from the other costs the regular recurrent cost i was paying for like mom's feeding for the um, caregivers and all those other costs and i was deliberate that for every time money enters my account i would move all the monies that i needed to spend out of my account and so that if there's emergency that is more than the amount i have budgeted for i really don't have the money it's not in my account so moving it into um maybe my mutual funds account and because i was deliberately trying to build up um some money more some emergency money there i can't access it it's i need to fill a form i need to go through here this and that it was just stressful to get the money out of there so once the budget i had for black tax was done it was done and the truth is people survived without the money you ask me for money i tell you i don't have three months later you're still alive meaning that that money was not the savior of your life yeah we also need to we also need to um get rid of this perception that without us people are not going to survive it's super false we are not god we are not the holy spirit so you do what you can i'm not saying be, be totally selfish do what you can but please take care of yourself i know it's not i know it's 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 easy to say and it's it's difficult to implement you need to keep practicing till you get used to it especially if you're someone who is the people pleaser or a recovering people pleaser for putting systems in place classic mm. like not mm. having the money in your account is something that could help you so that when you tell people i don't have money you won't be lying you really don't have the money you can't access it yeah i i hear that you know when i say that i've come to that place where i just focus on the things that i can do with money yeah this was the mindset that helped me because at some point I knew that when if I die today, life will go on. 
people exactly. will survive. People will find a way to. You see that money? I think I'm the one only providing. They'll find a way to either make it or somebody else to provide for them. So why do I want to die on that altar of? Because I also think it has to do. There's also an aspect of our ego that is massaged when we are able to do things in the house you know because let's not forget if you come from an african home and from a place like nigeria you know that when you start providing there's a lot of special treatments that come with it even when they are tasking you to the death you know there are still some perks that come with being uh, I, 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 i'm wondering please I must have missed these specs because I'm trying to remember which specs I had. Oh, no, specs no, no reach this side. <laughs> no, but it's very subtle. That's what I'm saying. It's very subtle. It's something that you can actually do without, but because it massages your ego, it makes you feel like, oh, so let me come and now reduce myself, you know. So let's okay, say so I think that there is a situation where maybe people are contributing money. Let's say there's a situation where the people are supposed to contribute money, right? You want to be the one to contribute a bigger amount because somehow you have set a standard or even if you've not set that standard, there's an expectation of you as the person that either ends higher or you are working or something. So and that's also why I think one of the ways to like control these money issues when it comes to black tax and just um, being the one that people are dependent on is not disclosing fully how much you earn. Because it could also be like shooting yourself in the leg. Because even when they will, it will not be voiced or you will not be told how much you are expected to give there is a um, a quiet expectation from you that okay if you now do the one that is within your power because you know that there are other things you need to solve they'll be like eh so this is what you are able to to bring this small thing not considering the fact that you have your life you have other plans and because you're making money doesn't mean that you don't have other things to do with money i mean there are a lot of us that are still pursuing academic studies that we need to pay for because now we are the ones paying for our school fees buying courses doing courses to elevate ourselves so that we get better paying jobs and all of that but it seems to be missed in the cracks you know and not fully understood and then the perception that as a woman waiting you they carry your money do that's one today um, <laughs> definitely true and not telling people how much you earn. Well, it also depends on who you tell um, and the relationship you have with them. Because I know when one of my brothers knows exactly how much I earn, when I was negotiating my the salary for my current job, I actually reached I sent him my offer and reached out to him to ask, okay, what, what are your recommendations? But then I was able to do that because over, over the years, I've had a lot of money conversations with him and I know his mindset about money and I'm comfortable discussing money with him. I wouldn't do that with someone who I don't trust when it comes to money. Because sometimes you may actually need to be able to run ideas and thoughts with someone who you trust. It's always useful to have someone who you could see as a friend or a mentor 
when it comes to say money, for instance, or different aspects of our life. In this case, we're talking about money. The mm. other thing is the bit around the bit around there's a certain amount you feel you have to. It boils down to the whole thing around who says you have to and who says why do you actually do this thing? Do you do it because you want to feel good about yourself or do you do it because um, it's something you genuinely want to do from your heart? I'm not saying that because it's something you do from your heart, you shouldn't make you feel good about yourself. But ultimately, that whole thing around, oh, um, I, I should be the one to contribute the most because of one reason or the other, I think we should come to terms with that um, not being the best approach tonight because what it causes is that ultimately people begin to see you in that light and to mm. depend on you and expect more and more from you more uh, so that even more, when you don't exactly. have even when you don't have you still feel no, obligated you. <laughs> that there is that part like when you were talking no, about the press i was like I was like, uh, I'm thinking about the perks. One of the drawbacks in my case that I have seen from being, uh, like you would say, independent woman who possibly spends a lot of I can't actually remember the last time. Okay, I can't, but it wasn't exactly cash. Someone funded my trip. But I can't exactly the last time someone said, okay, take money. Everybody just assumes that you're fine, that you have your good, your, you, know, you don't need money, which I find really... Um, really weird because i mean everyone gets broke at some point in their life so it would be nice to be able to to have people once in a while believe me when i say i'm broke and not just believe me but also give me money but i can't remember the last that time it happened part, <laughs> you know yeah. that when i receive money gifts these days and it's not often but whenever i receive any money gifts if you see how grateful happy and i cherish that gesture even if it is 5k because people rarely ask me do you need money you know because there's always this assumption that ah, you always have money and then ah, there's no way she's an adult there's no way she's not keeping some for herself which means there is an expectation that I hope in all of these things you're doing, you're taking care of yourself. Or don't say that because of us, you're not taking care of yourself eventually. So, and I think also, that's also the shame that is associated with money or being independent financially. Because at some point, even to ask people for money becomes hard. It's expected that you should have money. In fact, people may even perceive you as being irresponsible so you don't have money and you make all this money like there was a time i had to borrow money from my dad i know what it took me to get myself to do that because i was thinking hey not be me supposed they give these people money or am i not the one supposed to be giving them money why am i asking you know i had to talk to myself coerce my in fact i did all the things i'm like I was even telling myself, but you are their child. You will never stop being their child. So does it mean that <laughs> does it mean that they they will stop taking care of you just because you are now financially independent? You know, I had to talk myself into 
realizing that I should be able to still go to my parents and ask for money or ask for financial help, regardless of my perception of what they think about me or my um, earning power. I should be able to say, ah, this time around, I don't have a new borrowing. And guess what? I didn't even okay. So that this 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 was what happened when I called my dad. I was like, um, "Dad, please, can you borrow me money? I need I need for." I was about to say, "I need for." The, she, he he cut me off immediately. He said, "You don't need to tell me what you need it for. I will give it to you." You know, and I had to like after that call, I told myself, "Hmm, I don't grow true true and." <laughs> No, but I guess it could also be coming from a place of you haven't asked for money in a very long time. So for you to even be asking, I then it, it has asked. to be a serious situation. I never yeah, that's asked. possibly why. <laughs> he sent me the explanation. And after that, I, I realized that, hmm, I think I, I overthought it. Like, I, I overthought what it yes. meant to just go and ask for help from these people because i needed it and they are my parents why should i feel shame for asking you know that's actually an, an interesting perspective to think about sometimes we just assume that that nobody would understand if we ask um and then it makes us to ashamed to ask but i think it's also about what's the worst that can happen they'll tell you no no has never killed a person it might hurt my pain is small right Paying you or paying you a little, but eventually someone who trusts you and who you trust would be would be willing to help. They might be few and far between, and then um, you also need to be careful because, like you said, when we're starting this conversation, uh, money can be a scatterer of relationships. <laughs> it could be the beginning of yeah. the end. Asking certain people mm. for money could be the beginning of the end of your friendship. But then it also makes you wonder, was that friendship real in the first place if money can scatter it? Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Maybe we are the ones that are overthinking it and people don't actually exactly. perceive us the way we yeah. Exactly. You're about this, my incident with somebody and money, right? And I, I, I was processing my feelings the other day on why it was I, I felt hot by the way this person treated me when it came to this money issue and, you know, loaning money and not getting. We know the story and how it can feel and be. And one of the things I realized is that the reason why it feels as if it's causing a tear in the relationship or the friendship is because personally i am still struggling with money i am considering a lot of factors when it comes to money i still need it tight to my chest if i wasn't lacking money there's a kind of money i would have i don't think i would even ignore and wait for an explanation i might never even be so insistent on why haven't you paid this money and that does not mean that i don't value this the effort or the sweat that you know i put in to make the money but i i i understood it from a place of i'm still struggling with a level of lack 
that is making me feel that that's money being repaid to me would solve all my problems, all my money problems. So I had to tell myself, Rita, see, even if they give you that money, right, your needs will not finish, right? That money is not the reason why a lot of things, you're not, you're, you're not able to do the things that you are set out to do, you know? So I think you should give it a break and either wait or somewhere in your mind, forego the money and decide a way to move on. So I, I had to mention that because remember I kept telling you that I don't think I would ever, you know, want to have anything to do with this person again, because if the person can act this way with money and all that and all that, me, I don't want to have anything. They are not trustworthy and all that. So I think the thing, something that adds to that you know, tension and that friction when it comes to money issues is that for some of us, we are still operating from a place of lack. We feel that that money is our all and all is going to be the solution to the lack that we feel or we are still experiencing in our lives. I don't know whether this makes sense to you. <laughs> it, it does make a lot of sense, actually. Um being able to but then i'm looking at it also from the perspective of um friendships this person is supposed to be your friend and it's okay if this person doesn't pay you back like okay assuming i borrow money from you and i don't have it i i should be able to reach out to you to say i'm really sorry this came up this came up or this happened and that happened and i cannot pay you back now and probably think of maybe let you know when i will pay you back or come up with a payment plan or something. I don't think it's fair on anybody to be able to collect, to not just collect, to borrow money from a person and then ignore the person's messages and calls. It's really unfair. So yes, um, I agree that you, the money is not a, is it's not life saving, but ultimately it's about respect for the friendship that you've had, exactly. respect for this this person first of all respect for yourself and then respect for this other person so the least you could do is i'm really sorry i cannot pay you back right now can we please have a negotiation it doesn't hurt so it's not just about oh i, I make a lot of money i can afford to let that go mm -mm. we work hard for the money it's not like we just woke up and decided uh, and money it's not like we open our wardrobe and money falls out <laughs> we work hard so even if we had even if we had plenty money we still worked for it we should be able to be accountable and other people should be accountable as well if you if you're borrowing money pay it back if you're not going to pay it back come out and tell me i'm not paying you back so that at least we know that that's the situation yeah exactly why i mentioned my experience was because it was something i struggled to come to a place of what if you have to let this money go? You know, I had to prep myself to that point where I need to make peace with the fact that if this money eventually doesn't come, you should be able to move on. And even if you feel bad, it shouldn't make you feel bad to the extent that it eats you up or you begin to act like a crazy person. I really had to do that for myself because there's a thin line between you're angry that somebody did not give you your money to character assassination and maybe going around and telling anybody that cares to listen that this person 
is Ohim. <laughs> Personally, I don't think it's the best approach. It's no need. You know, this exactly. So it begins to rob you of, you know, your sanity, your calm. And sometimes mm -hmm. when you keep it, you begin to ask yourself, what is it really what, what this thing is costing me? Is it really worth is it? it? Worth it? Yeah. yeah. So since we have entered into borrowing money and getting disappointed at people not paying back, what would you say are like your money philosophies? Like what are your philosophies around money? Number one is that I always negotiate no matter what no matter how much money i have i'm going to always negotiate that's one number two is that i would probably not lend money to someone Sorry, what do you mean when you say negotiate imagine i want to buy something right okay depending on where i'm at but imagine i go to buy something i'll always look out for the best price so being able to um, negotiate if i'm if i see uh, if I go to a grocery store, for instance, and I want to buy classic, um, say, conflicts, I may not always go for a brand name. Is there cheaper conflicts that will fill my tummy and is healthy? Yes. Does it have a brand name? No. I don't care about the brand name. Give me conflicts. That's all that matters. I just need food. I'm always going to be <laughs> looking for the best quality that I can afford. I see yes, a lot of people, and, and I think it boils. Yeah, I, I think it boils too. down to this thing around defining yourself by money. You see people who say, "Oh, I can't. It has to be this brand, or I'm not interested." Or, "Oh, I'm a very proud Android phone owner. Very proud. No shame." And and we live in a society <laughs> where there's this segregation between iPhone owners and Android phone owners. I have no shame whatsoever i rock my natural hair with pride and i i love to thrift shop it gives me sifia joy in my heart when i buy when i see something that is a good bargain i'm like oh my god this, nice. i take pleasure in thrifting i have no shame in thrifting i guess it also depends on what it is there are certain things that i would not compromise one is yes i might not be buying brand names when it comes to certain things but I will always try to make sure that my food is as healthy as possible. If I enter a, a shop, for instance, and then I see an organic option that is healthier and I can afford, I'll buy it not because it's some name, but because it is healthy for me. And we know these days healthy food is expensive. Mm. So that mm. is one area that I would say I don't compromise on. And even when I try to go for cheaper options, I try to make sure that it's the best quality that I can afford. I believe in value, was that cost per use or cost per well or something. So I always think around, is this something I want to be able to use long-term? If it is, how do oh, I make sure that I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm spending money, I'm, I'm willing to spend more money on things that I will use long-term. So generally I tend to always think that even when I'm buying clothes, I'm not a fan of trends, not the one that you buy a top is trending or a pair of shoes is trending this year you buy it and then next year you can't because you can't wear it because everybody and their great grandmom is wearing it so i rather just go for a classic pair of shoes that i i've had shoes in my wardrobe that's what like five six years ago i still rock them with pride because they are they are classics so I that's you, that. buy, you know pick and for exactly yeah and then regarding lending money to people like i said earlier i probably would not lend what I cannot afford to lose. So 
if I cannot, if it's a money that I cannot close my eye and dash you, if push comes to shove, I won't, I won't lend it to you unless we are really, 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 really close. Yeah, so we are people that if there are issues, we can always talk and like, ah, what's happening? But other than that, I won't lend it to you. And even if I can afford to, and someone asks me for money and I want to dash the person, let's imagine you ask me for, say, 20,000 naira. I'll probably give you like 10,000 naira and tell you this is what I can afford. Because I have learned that you shouldn't always put yourself to be the person that can always afford it. People will always turn to you. So I'm learning mm. to be mm. careful about that. When people who, and when people ask me for money, I make up my mind, this is how much I can afford to give you, and I give it to you. If you decide to pay me back, I'll happily collect it too, with pleasure. But in my mind, I've dashed you. So that the day you don't pay me back, it will not pay you. It has made my life so peaceful. I don't call anybody to say, give me back my money. Yeah. Where's <laughs> because my that's money? I don't even know how to add. Yeah, I don't do it. So I'll just dash you what I can afford to dash you. But I will not tell you I'm dashing you. If you give me back, fine. If you don't give me back, no, ahala. But then what I've noticed is that when, when you do that to people and they don't pay you back, it's very difficult for them to come back and ask you for money again, which makes my life yeah, exactly, easier. Because the they've, they've closed that door. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Mm. So I have literally used an amount of money that I can afford to stop being asked for money by one person. I would happily do that. <laughs> that's half shame. So that's because that's, you know some yeah. people don't have shame in this life, Sha. <laughs> no, if you ask me, you ask me, I'll tell you the other one. Me, I'm one of them. I don't have shame. If you ask me, I'll tell you, all right, the other one you borrowed, you didn't return it. And then it opens up a conversation. But I've noticed that generally people who borrow money from you and don't return it, they tend to not come back and ask you again. So it makes your life a little bit easier. So if you can, if I can afford to dash them an amount that I can let go of, I will just to make my life easier. Uh, what other philosophy around money? Oh, yeah. Um, I think money is, like I said earlier, money is a friend. It helps me do things I want to do. I don't hold too tightly to money. I save, I invest, but I don't hold money too tightly. As, as I think the more you spend, wisely, of course, the more money comes to you, one way or the other. It's like a form of energy, so it needs to be able to flow. Um, I realize that most of the times I've said, oh, let me not, let me hold on to this money. Let me save. Let me do this. Something must always happen that I'll, the money will leave my account. But then the more I spend, the more I have to spend. And sometimes I'll be asking myself, where is all this money I'm, coming from, I'm, I'm spending coming from? I would literally um, spend money on a necessity, say, today or tomorrow, today. And then the next day I get maybe dividends from my stock. I'm like, oh yeah, I have some money. But of course, spending wisely. So I, I generally think money is something that if you know how to manage well, it treats you well. So I'm learning to mm -hmm. really build a good relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Don't let it scare me anymore. Oh yeah, that's one not, thing. Not, Large amount of money self. don't scare me. Not <laughs> to self because that time of the month, I tend to spend money recklessly. Or if I have money, <laughs> if I have money, that's when eating out is hungering me. Um, going on my delivery app. You know how, remember that day I told you that? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I wanted to go and have cappuccino and the uh, what's that bread again? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just because more money entered my account. <laughs> I mean, my, let's not have a bad that she can't just, do that. Though. Just, you know, just, yeah, just I get that. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I budget for those kind of things. So I actually have a budget for my enjoyment in quotes budget. Um, so I think um, it's totally fine to do those things, but just budget and plan for it. Because the truth is, if like I said, if the money is not in your account, you don't have it, you don't have it. The taste for cappuccino will change. You settle for no, actually, that's not settling. I was gonna say you settle for hot chocolate, and then I realized <laughs> actually people like us love hot chocolate. <laughs> so yeah, and I think the I think the other philosophy around money that I have is a large amount of money don't scare me anymore. For instance, mm. you have if I plan to do something that is going to cost a lot of money, uh, let's say I want to buy a house, for instance, using that as an example, you'll be thinking, oh wow, that's a lot of millions. But then if you can come up with a payment plan and think, mm. of, okay, what is the way I need to, I need to make, I need to be able to spend, say, 30, 30 million naira by so-so amount of time. What are my options? How can I make this money? I've learned that by the time you break it down into weeks and months and things, it's easier to deal with. You might not be able to afford everything, but then, then it makes those large amounts of money easier for you to manage and less scary so when when i hear large oh, bill first thing that comes to mind is how can i afford this not oh wow i can't afford this mm. yeah, so speaking, speaking of, of big, big money, money yes you've influenced me a lot i think one of the benefits of our friendship is that when you talk about big money like this you you enlarge my eyes, like make me enlarge my mind to accommodate certain amounts of money. Because we often don't realize that we may have fear of making money. There's a difference between I'm doing this work and I'm earning money. And we even see it when we want to negotiate our pay. You know, you see that sometimes you are afraid to state a certain amount because you are just afraid. You think it's too big, you know. To negotiate yourself out yep. of yep. what people consider very little or does not, not mean about, anything yeah. yeah what i learned from you when it comes to money is just expanding my mind accommodate money remember that i asked you um how much do you want to be came per month and you will stop working <laughs> like passive income you could be ten thousand dollars per month as passive income. and i was looking at you like girl <laughs> what is happening i might be missing out doable? on something here because, yeah it's i know doable. it's doable but it's just that sometimes you don't like your mind cannot accommodate it because somewhere you are afraid of that kind of money you don't because you don't even know what it feels like or what and because it's you heard it's in dollars right because i've touched large amount of money you know, I've seen money. I remember earning my first one million and then buying my car and all of that, which kind of feeds into having a payment plan and all of that. You know, whenever I look back, I say, hmm, is it me that bought this car? Because I never thought that I would be able to. You know, I always defend in the future, in the future. Let me, I will buy in the future, right? But 
it wasn't because I didn't need it. Or it wasn't going to, you know, come in handy. It was because I was thinking of the money as one big thing that I have to prepare specially for. So yeah, there's also that fear of not just making money, but making a huge sum of money that makes people not, you know, go for the thing or go for the kind of um, jobs or opportunities that can provide that kind of money. Just fear of money, basically. True. That I agree. That fear is real. And you noticed earlier, I had mentioned that when I got uh, my most recent job offer, I had to share it with one of my brothers. Um, it was because I needed ginger to be able to negotiate well. So I may be able to say these things, but it's still a process. It's still a learning process for me. Um, I had to reach out to my support system to say, okay, I have this offer and what tips would you recommend for me to negotiate on my own i would have just said yes and kept it moving and i'm glad i reached out to him because i was able to negotiate a good deal so it totally worked for me not just financial deal but also um location freedom so maybe i was able to on one um, negotiate that the role is completely remote which i really really appreciate i have no regrets um, about that right now but then, um, you see that $10,000 that I want to earn passively? I really don't know how I'm going to do it. And low-key, when I think about it, I also laugh at myself. But I don't know how I'm trusting it's going to happen. I've learned to be able to say what you want. And then somehow opportunities come. They might not come immediately. But opportunities that would lead you towards that thing that you said you wanted would actually find themselves one way or mm. the other so I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to start earning a minimum and i didn't say ten thousand dollars i said a minimum of ten thousand dollars there's no cap mm. there's just the there's just the minimum <laughs> you can <laughs> you can go as high as it was i don't mind <laughs> mm. Mm. yes i have big eyes it's not my fault i wear glasses blame the glasses and the lenses <laughs> are thick. <laughs> Do you make money affirmations? Do you believe in money affirmations? Okay, so a couple of things. One of the things that I do is I tend to journal about what I want. Um, the, 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 the current role I have, I had actually written in my journal. I, in fact, I did a budget based on the money I wanted to earn. In retrospect, I should have added more because, okay, let me keep it moving. <laughs> but I did a budget based on the amount of money I wanted to earn. <laughs> mm. And then when I got the offer, it was almost at power, like, oh, wow. and I didn't, I did not even remember that I had written in my journal. So after I had done the negotiation with my brother and I got the final offer and accepted it, a few weeks later, I randomly flipped through my journal and then I saw where I wrote it. I was like, oh, wow, I actually wrote this thing down and it came to pass. The other mm. thing I do, and I'm recently trying to be more consistent is there's this, so I um, subscribe to the Mind Valley um, YouTube channel um, and their podcast as well. So they have this, they have this affirmation um, meditation called the six phase meditation. So mm. it's, it's this meditation where you go through, it's, it's kind of like visualizing 
as you're meditating. So you go to visualization of love, of forgiveness, of gratitude, um, and then you go into visualizing your future as well as visualizing your day that would contribute to you having that future, and then you end it with a prayer, right? So these days, when I do the six-phase meditation, I try to incorporate my passive income that, that we had talked about into that six-phase meditation. I try, I'm not very consistent, but I try. I hear you. You're very proactive with this money thing. We must make it though. <laughs> we must make it. I like money, unapologetic <laughs> about it. Exactly. So that leads me to the last question. In fact, it's going to be between one question to wrap up this conversation. Why do you want to be rich? Like, what is your, what does your rich life look like? Why do you want to make money? I know I'm perfect. I've asked the same question in three ways, but you get the point. You get the point. Yeah, Why do you yeah. want to make money? What does your rich life look like? And then the second question, like it can be a twin one, is like what are your money habits? Like how do you ensure that your dreams when it comes to money or what you want to use money for come to pass? Okay, so I'll start with the rich life part. Um, I like to travel for pleasure, not for work. Okay, I need to clarify that because these days are more. <laughs> okay, let's keep it. <laughs> let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it moving. I know. <laughs> so I actually like to travel a lot. So my rich life right now um, is a life where I can. I, I'll, I'll be able to, I can be a digital nomad, right? In fact, I'd rather not even be working. I'd rather just be, take time, go and spend three years or three months in a completely, <laughs> yeah, in a completely different environment. And not just living in the, in quote, touristy places. Of course, I'll stay in a really nice place. I like nice, comfortable, clean, simple accommodation. But really being able to explore the place like a local. I don't think it's enough when you go for maybe one week or two weeks. You only see what um, tourists see, but really live like a local. Uh, maybe volunteer while I'm there and get a sense of how it is to live in the place. So maybe for three months, six months, go to the market, interact with people, everyday people, you know, just live. Um, so that's one, being able to travel and do all that. And the truth is, that costs money um so being able to afford that while i still make sure that i have my home base uh, whenever i'm tired of roaming around the streets of the world i can always come home to a nice really comfortable serene quiet house that has everything i need in there simple and nice um, of course traveling with a partner because um yes it can be fun to travel alone but it's also nice to be able to do that with someone who you can um, giggle with and share the experience and the gist, the aftermath of the gist, the, the gist of the gist of the trip with after. So yeah, that would be my life and also my dream life and also be able to give. Um, I know we talked about black tax and the demands that people place on us, but also, uh, also be able to give willingly, not from a place of, oh, I have to give because they're asking, but I'm giving anyway, preferably anonymously, actually, because that way nobody is on my phone calling me here and there, telling me that they're lizards, eggs, um, cockroach. 
just broke it like but yeah to be nice to be able to give anonymously so that nobody stresses me but then i'm still able to be as generous as i would like to be so yeah that's the dream life the my money habits one like i've mentioned budgeting a lot of times it's really important to me i um before money even enters my account or if money enters my account before i even start spending it i've sat down and wrote everything i need to spend it on so that as i'm spending it i'm actually the bulk amount i'm taking it off and i i make sure that every month i try to put a little money in now i'm very deliberate about my emergency funds um, and not just putting it there but also not touching it because i specialize in building it and then when it's looking like it's about to be reasonable i'll spend it on something that in retrospect i'll be asking myself auntie was that really an emergency did you really really have to some are not all are so i'm being deliberate about building my emergency funds i'm also being deliberate about building a vehicle building different investment vehicles that could give me passive income for this year um for instance my strategy my priority is um building yeah, a, a stock portfolio that can give me um i can give me some passive income every month and um i, I think i was motivated in i, I had stock before but it was just like randomly here and there buy stock but then i was motivated by seeing my mom's stock portfolio and her dividends and i'm like ah let me be stepping up my game because she did was she wasn't playing so yeah being being able to really build my stock portfolio so that i can have the passive income that i want to have um i i know that we have talked about black tax and how we have to support family and as i grow older i would really appreciate um an opportunity to be able to look after myself and not be dependent on other people looking after me um so maybe set up a trust and have enough assets that the trust manages so that they look after me. One of the things that contributes to um, perpetuating the cycle of poverty is this whole dependency. By the time we are at this age, we spend a lot of our money looking after other people and we don't spend enough saving and investing. So that by the time we grow old, we expect our children to come and do the same for us. But if we are not deliberate about having investments at this time it means that if instead of our children to be saving and investing they would be spending their own money on us and then it perpetuates a cycle of poverty so i'm trying to break that um so yeah that's it enough preaching for one day hmm, that's cool i think for me my approach has always been that every year or depending on like the the vision or the flow that comes with a particular year would determine like what I pursue with money. Like for me, it can be very, very specific, you know, because as much as I budget for maybe black tax and other things, there are things I'm like, okay, maybe this year I'm using it, all the money that I have after everything is sorted out, I'm going to use for studies learning you know and acquiring more skills right so maybe i can say this year i want to acquire skills 
and get some certificates and that is what i channel like my money into but yeah it can be very specific for me in that way when we're talking about why we want to make money and of that i want to make money because i don't want to have any care in this world no one we talked about anxiety that comes with money i do not want to leave anxious of money and i know it can be a bit vague but in a nutshell that is why i make money i want to make money to the point that money is at my convenience like when i want to do things i do it without struggle without thinking if i do this what will what will be the consequence of doing this and what will it affect <laughs> Yeah, you just want you to know? in your card left, right, and center you without get, thinking you... about anything. <laughs> so, but I'm not that girl that likes to buy luxury brands or stuff like that. Just like you, I would want to travel and explore the world. And I would want to go on adventures and just, you know, express and live life. So one of the things I have in my bucket list is... I want to experience the northern lights. I want to experience mm. that. If I have money, Omo, you will see me there. I'll go and experience it and come back. Another thing I have in my bucket list is to experience the cherry blossoms, either in Japan or South Korea. I'll pack my bag just to experience it. So I want to make money because I want to, you know, fulfill my fantasies and experiences that that money can afford me. And the interesting thing is that in all of this, there is no way that I'm thinking to pay the bills or to buy a house or to buy and all of that. I question myself, are you all right? So after going you know, to all these places, is it, are you going to live on the roof or you come back and live in the air, right? So... <laughs> No, the the assumption is that before you go to before you go to see the cherry blossoms, you've already sorted out your housing you and other financial situations. So when I'm thinking, I'm not even thinking basics. So yes, I'm not thinking basics because basics should have should have no place in my worries or in my list of what I want to do with money. Those ones are should be already sorted you know so i want to get to that point where i'm no longer living for the basics or struggling with um, meeting my basic needs but now i'm investing in experiences i'm investing in my fantasies i'm investing in just being happy and making other people happy as well well like but, i yeah. said i like to keep it anonymous though because uh, I don't want people on my case here and there. I think it's just stressful. So being able to help in a way that I'm not doing it in everybody's face. Yes, yes, I get that. Currently, my money habits has been just to, as much as I'm living within my means, I'm trying so much to live below my means because I see that it is something that I've hit once or twice that I've not died. And some of the things that I always like, insist that i must have or if i don't have it you know there'll be a lack it's just like it's a perception i have it's not entirely true you know so i've tried if you want to live below my means and i find out that 
those things that I think I need, I don't really need them. It's just because the money is there. And because the money is there, I use it. So I try as much as possible not to spend money just because I have it and spend it on the things that I really want to spend money on. I'll be able to like see some things and know that I can afford it, but I choose not to. This is something I'm just trying to gradually get into that living below my means because that is also how you get to like manage money wisely and be able to save money or save money that you're able to invest in something that can be very useful. So yeah, those are some of my money habits that I've been cultivating this year and just um, hoping for the best. Yeah, nice that. habits actually i really appreciate you sharing your habits and i'm going to touch on the bit where you talked about living below um or within your means or below your means i i appreciate that but i also believe that even as you're trying to save and live within your means there are certain things that give you joy that give you that really contribute to improving your the quality of your life and those are not things you should compromise on there's this whole narrative around oh why are you buying a coffee outside when you could be making it at home and it's cheaper when the grand scheme of things what's the cost of the coffee and how it does it give you pleasure if it gives you pleasure and it makes your life better auntie buy your coffee because in the cost the grand scheme of things what you're paying for is not necessarily the coffee but you're paying for pleasure in your life yes the experience exactly exactly i hear you on that and that's why i also think that if you're going to spend more let it be money that's spending on something that matters to you not because you you feel that you should spend it because the money is there does it mean anything to you does it bring you joy ease convenience what what is what is it um fulfilling in your life i think you just get to that stage where you know that say i get money you know be say i'm a spender you know and if that money must come out from your pocket or your purse or your wallet it must be for something that is worth it so yeah i hear you on that as well and that when you're going to the cherry blossoms please call me <laughs> i'm available Imobu, she <laughs> like go here again. Shebu is because i said it now you know rest you know rest anyway let's end this conversation bye i will remind you every year you will keep to this <laughs> Leave me and my cherry blossoms alone. Please. No, it's a Leave good it thing. It's a good thing. I'm actually, I'm actually happy, and I'm looking forward to doing it. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to you doing it. So yeah, please. I'm going to so I'll come you. and share pictures with you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, those are the things I actually look forward to. I pray that for all of us, we do not, we don't stop at just earning money and making money just to exactly but really enjoy yeah that's my prayer for all of us that we are able to enjoy the money that we make so yeah (laughs) what are your last words before you leave me make money money is good money is sweet all the all the gist around uh Females like money too much. I agree. I'm a female. I like money too yeah, much. Yeah, I like it. But you know, of course. Boys, it's not just about spending it. It's about making it. Like making mm. money gives me joy. <laughs> hmm, that part yeah. too. Yes. That part too. Yeah, since you've touched it, you know that sense of modesty that comes with 
money for women. I think it's something that I've successfully deconstructed from my mind. Good. As much as I'm still getting around to ask for help when I need financial help, I do not try to be modest when I know that somebody can dash me money or give me money. You know that take money. No, no. Did I say I, I asked you for money? Me. Please. I, I don't need your money. <laughs> give me your money. <laughs> Okay, okay. We might not need I it, but we it. want it. <laughs> I want it. These days, I don't say, no, I don't need your money. Or you think, you think, you think I'm here for your money. See, I'm if here for your money. It, I am collecting it. <laughs> we are not nice. <laughs> yes, that's also a habit I am, I'm having around money these days. Being willing, open to receive money and not act modestly around me just because i don't want to prove that women like money me i like money and on top of everything i'm an evil woman so what do you expect ah on the condition that the money will not choke my throat i will collect it (laughs) (laughs) because there's that We know those boys that choke truth now. We know. You know, when, you, yep. when you're getting that kind of money, you know. So you decide on time that you're not going to receive it. You know, you're not going to take it. We know those kind of money that choke. We are talking about those ones that give generously. Those ones that want to just give fulfill certain needs in our life. But we are still forming that. We are an independent woman. I can pay my bills myself. Who told you I need your money? Omo, give me your money. I'll collect yeah it's a good place to be yes i should be able to enjoy people's money without guilt or feeling that it has diminished my sense of autonomy or independence we are no longer doing that over here yep supported thank you so much for your time i enjoyed this conversation um i really wanted us to just talk about money and just our experience with money and just how we perceive me because I, I see something that can be, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, very touchy, something that we try to avoid because in talking about it, we get a lot of judgment or a lot of expectations we are supposed to do like this, we are supposed to do like this with money. When you're doing money like this, you're not doing well and all of that. So it was just like creating that space where we just express our concerns and how we are dealing with money at this point and yeah thank you so much for your input thank you for your experience mindedness and just sharing i really appreciate that thank you guys for listening through this episode i hope you enjoyed it please don't forget to share this episode with someone you think that might find it helpful rate and review this podcast on any of the listening platforms where you listen from it helps the podcast and yeah as usual until the next episode continue to be you till full bye